And then there's this other part of you who's like, I'm ready to thrive. I'm good. Let's freaking go. Wheels up. We got this. And from that place, you'll be amazed at how much of a capacity you have to show up, have a point of view. You have a capacity to iterate on projects. You have a capacity to get paid. You have a capacity to know how loving it is to let people pay and let them find their alignment and not hold what's not theirs and not be overly responsible. It's pretty beautiful. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. This show is meant to be a guide for you. We're going to talk not only about how we can start to become aware of what are the subconscious things that are holding us back and how we can instead choose thoughts that are actually going to propel us forward. But in addition to changing the landscape internally, we are going to talk about the strategies that actually will help you to build a profitable business, getting paid to be you. Because when you have a business where you do what you love, you never really have to have that sense of work because it's a pleasure, because it's joy. And really, I want you to have the most abundant life. I want you to have the kind of life that you love waking up to every day that you don't feel like you need a vacation from. So together on the show, every single episode, I want to be your friend. I want to be your mentor. I want to show you what is it that I think has really been insightful, been helpful. What are the tools and strategies? What are the mindset shifts that have helped me? And what are the things that have helped my guests to get to where they are How can we together sort of cross this river to the most fulfilling life where we show up and we feel like we are living into our potential and having the most gorgeous, beautiful experience? Because after all, that is what we all desire. We're all craving to have the most joyful, beautiful life. And I really believe that we can design that and that we can experience a life that we just absolutely love. And not only will we enjoy it, but it will be a possibility for other people. It will show other people what's there for them. And then maybe together, each one of us, by being the happiest versions of ourselves and being the most fulfilled versions of ourselves, we will help other people to reach for that higher branch and to find that in their own life. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to see you guys. Some of you are coming to join me in Florida at the end of June, so just in a few weeks. Uh, we have three spots left. If you'd like to be with us, you can go to kathyheller.com slash retreat. We will be doing yoga, meditation, Reiki, hypnosis. It's going to be amazing. If you want to be a part of it, you can go to kathyheller.com slash retreat. Today's episode, I'm going to share a piece of a coaching call I did. We cover a lot of things here, like how to stop getting stuck in the comparison trap, how to expand what you're willing to allow into your life, and what it takes to turn a thought into billions of dollars and much more. I also am going to lead you here through a quick meditation. So if you're somewhere where you can participate in this, I highly recommend that you do. If you're driving or something like that, I would skip that part. But there's a lot of good nuggets in this episode I think you're going to enjoy. So let's get into it. Here we go. We are so excited about today. It's so cool to see so many of you here live. I know that that's not always going to be the case because life is life, but it's really fun when so many of us gather together. I can feel the amount of possibility that you're all holding for. And I just want to bottle it up and put it beside your bed, like, like fairy lights in a jar. It's so beautiful. And it's so important. It's everything. I'm sure you guys have heard this quote, but Einstein was asked by a group of nine-year-olds, how can I be as smart as you? And his answer was, read more fairy tales. And then they said, how could we be smarter than you? And he said, read more fairy tales than I did. So I just love that. Whether that's true or not true, the fact that somebody would assign that to Einstein makes so much sense, right? Because all it really is, is the ability to see further than what you're perceiving in this moment. That's it. That's his mic drop, you know, asking the question that no one's even asking. And then, oh my God, maybe it's so much bigger and so much more beautiful. And and the thing is, you've kind of always known that, right? Like that's why you're you. That's why you were led here. Cause you're the person who goes, I don't know. There's something in me that tells me it's just even better. And I want at it. And so you're here. It's awesome. So first of all, I just want you to know we've got you. We've done this before. We love that you're here and all of you is welcome here. In fact, we would love you to have the opportunity to be a C student. We really like the C student. 
because it means you're not bringing your perfectionism. You're not bringing the the ring, the three bell siren. I have to get this right. This is going to be a different experience probably in so many ways for you. And what you're going to keep feeling is like, there is support and there is love and there's pointers. And really all Colleen and I are going to do is point. We're going to keep pointing you in the direction of your truth. We're going to point you in the direction of your courage. We're going to point you in the direction of here's what's also here. That's really all we do, right? That's what we do is we point. We point to things. You're going to start to feel so much come through you. You're going to feel this level inside of you of willingness, growth, vision, leadership, and we're just here for it. And it is absolutely mind-blowing what people have found that is right here when we can set things down. So I want you to stop looking at other people and what they're doing. Like this has to stop. It will not serve you in this program. You know, the first two, three times I took a yoga class, I was very defeated because I was never one of those little girls that could do cartwheels or could do splits. And my sister's an amazing dancer. And that's just not a skill that I was like naturally inclined to to be good at. And so I'm not very flexible. And people assume that I am because I'm 5'8". I know it's hard to tell how tall anyone is on Zoom. I'm tall. And when I was growing up, I was like tall and lanky. So people assumed I might be good at yoga or volleyball. I kept being asked by the woman in high school. And I was like, I'm not athletic. Like, I'm not going to be good at volleyball just because I'm 5'8 and a half. Anyways, doing those yoga classes was always just like very stressful. And then I met my husband and my husband was like, surprisingly like a yogi. And when I got into his car for the first time to go on a date, he was blasting Snoop Dogg, which I was, I just guess I wouldn't have guessed. I don't know. He looked like he'd be listening to Billy Joel. I don't know. And then in his uh, little car, I don't know, on the rear view mirror was this yoga pass, which meant he was so into yoga that he got the parking pass. That's how often he went to yoga. So I was like, you're all filled with mysteries. I love it. And I got it really into hip hop because of him. And it's all great. So I started going to yoga with him. And he's like a level three yoga student. In fact, I've told him 15 times to do the teacher training because he'd be so good at it. And he's like, sometimes I just like to do things. It doesn't mean they have to turn into like (laughs) businesses. And that's like legit how we interact, which is hilarious. And I remember coming out of a yoga class with him and saying, it's hard to go to yoga with you because you're so good at it. And he was like, why are you looking at my practice? You don't know if I'm good at it today. Like if you can hold downward dog for seven seconds, you might've had a much better practice than I did because you stretched from where you were literally. And I might not have, he goes, in fact, sometimes I'm doing all the inversions and doing all the things. And I don't feel like I get a good practice because I'm not pushing my limit. So what does progress really mean? For some of you who've been trending, we're going to get into content soon, but For some of you who've been trending in a way where you've had the water on the stove and the thought every day has been like at this level of frequency. And because of that, the action has already been at this level of frequency. For some of you, where you'll be in 12 weeks is very different than somebody else. If I was just starting to garden and I were to judge based on where somebody else has already been, where they're working the land a little bit, that's a very different outcome right? So I don't love where we go right to resistance, where you look at other people's piles of things and you go, why is their outcome different? Get out of there. That is none of your business. That's only going to defeat you, right? That person might've already been in a certain level of even non-resistant thought. And we got to start trending positive and we got to start looking at our output and measure that and measure progress based on where we are right now. So if you are just learning to like get the ground ready and you plant the seed and by the end of 12 weeks, there's a sprout, I'm going to stand up and cheer for you. Somebody else may have been getting that ground ready for a while. The seeds were already planted. And by the end of 12 weeks, that person has branches. Somebody else has fruit coming out of their tree, right? Why is that relevant to you? It's not. 
It's that we will find any and all opportunities sometimes to find the evidence that once again, we will be let down and disappointed and we will sabotage ourselves. That is not going to happen here because I am telling you ahead of time. I'm also going to tell you something else, which I say at the beginning of every program, my mentor, Seth Godin, one of the things that Seth has taught me is there will be a dip and you being aware of that will serve you. And what does that mean? Everyone hits a dip because it's part of our human development. As you're learning something new, you're going to get spurts of energy And then you're going to have moments where you get frustrated. That is how we grow. That is part of the process. So what I like to do at the beginning of this program is to say, it will happen. How will we anticipate what our response is going to be? Because it will happen. I think for kids in a family unit, just like people inside of a program, you like to feel there's like a healthiness and a lovingness to the leadership. I can tell you, Colleen and I, we love each other, right? And this team is functional in the way we treat each other. And you can kind of feel that. That takes our having the awareness that as you work with someone, you're not blindsided. Of course, there'll be moments where I don't communicate effectively or she doesn't completely stand for what she needs to. But the reason we don't fall apart and the reason we've literally We've never yelled at each other. We've never had a moment of sass. We just don't have it. Why? Because we are aware. (laughs) We're aware going in. Of course, there's going to be moments where there's a gap between what I'm saying and what she's saying, or what she needs and what I need. So we're not blindsided by it. Legit. There's no arguing on this team because I'm aware of what it takes to be in relationship. You have to face yourself. I'm also aware of what it takes to create something beautiful. And no one's at fault and I don't shame myself. And so from the top down, there's like this love. I've got you. You've got me. This is to be expected. We just had someone new join our team and she was like, I don't know. I felt like, I guess there was going to be evaluating of me all the time or pressure. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't happen here. That's just not going to happen here. We're aware that we're rebuilding the house right now. And when we bring someone new on, we're remodeling the kitchen and the pipes are exposed. Can you guys be aware of that? Holy hell, do you know what you're taking on right now? You are taking on changing what you believe is possible and what you're doing about it. You're remodeling the kitchen. It gets ugly before it gets better, right? Like, have you ever been through a remodel? I literally was on heart medication. It sounds so stupid to say that, but I kept having dizzy spells. This is two houses ago. We were remodeling and I was like, I've never been dizzy before. What is happening with me? Why am I dizzy? I went to see a cardiologist and I was like, what could it be? This, this, this. And he does all these like basic, he looks me over and he goes, is there just anything stressful happening in your life right now? Like anything? And then he goes, are you remodeling? And we both start laughing. I go, how can that be? He goes, cause it's very stressful. Like it's very stressful. It sounds ridiculous, but it always takes twice as long as they say. It's always four times the cost that they say. It's always messy when you're trying to live with three children while the kitchen and all the stuff is, it's, it's, he goes, it's, yeah, it's stressful. And I was like, this can't be, I'm so dizzy. And he goes, I promise when the house is done being remodeled, you won't be dizzy. And I was like, I can't believe that, that that's true. I just can't believe it. This is a physical reality for me. He's like, yeah, you'll be fine. And he was right. As soon as the house was finished, I thank God, like never was dizzy since. So he put me on some like magnesium and then some other little heart bed just to like regulate. But you guys are remodeling the freaking house right now. Let's just be aware. Like you're going to be knocking down beliefs that you've had. Your system is right now, right? What do they say? The, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, right? It's another way of saying like, you will only get what you're willing to allow it. There's a level at which you have a very strong capacity for chaos in your life. We all do. We're willing at this point, we're like, I would like less, right? There's a level at which you had a capacity to tolerate less than you deserve. Right now you're bumping up against that saying, not today anymore, right? Do you know what's going to come through when your body goes, please don't put me out in this place that now feels unfamiliar? It's just not yet a fully lived experience that you can hold the thought of possibility 
know that this world supports you, constantly look for the evidence that all of the things that are happening are all moving you further. Like this is going to be new and your mind's going to go red alert, red alert. And then you're going to find ways to sabotage that you won't realize just as just called fear. All of this happens when we show up at the, at the same time. What's very exciting is all these dragons that you're afraid of one by one, they become squirrels. You go, that wasn't scary. I'm totally capable of having this conversation, of putting out this content, of thinking these new thoughts, of holding these new thoughts, of not needing people around me to think exactly as I do. Like you're going to realize there's really no dragons. His fear is just an illusion. So that becomes really gratifying. But I want you to tell me right now two things. Number one, let's take a wild guess what might be a dip that you hit. If you know yourself, is it going to be, I'm not getting the homework done fast enough? Is it going to be a scarcity mindset? Is it going to be putting something out there and feeling rejected? Is it going to be needing something to be perfect or you won't do it at all? Give me a little guess. Is it all of it? It's fine if it's all of it. You guys, we have been inside of an interesting culture for a long time. Okay. So thank you for the honesty. Great. So the, the, I told you I was going to ask you two questions. So the first question is that, what do you think it could possibly be that might get in your way? And P.S., how you do one thing is how you do everything. And I know that that's like, there can't be true, but I promise it's true. Like Colleen and my husband could sit down for a four hour lunch and compare notes. And he, he would say the same things that she says about me lovingly. Like, Kathy's really like this. And wow, is this also like this? And he'd be like, yep, that's a hundred percent correct. Right. So when you start to shift this in your business or in your life or in the way you think about abundance, the beautiful thing is that it's going to shift the way you talk to the people in your life is your relationships are going to be better because you're going to come into more alignment and that is going to show up everywhere. The second question, and I'll turn it back over to Colleen in case she has anything to say. The second question is, Tell me right now, let's decide, what are you going to do when that happens? Because it will happen. And it won't feel as good as it feels right now. Because right now you're not triggered, right? We're just talking about it. But when it actually happens and somebody leaves a rude comment or you put something out there, whether it's a dream of yours, a belief of yours, and somebody hits you back or you're creating some content or you put out an offer and, oh, it doesn't happen right away. Or you see where it's not perfect or you're, what are you going to do about it? Breathe, pause, accept that you're enough. I want you to see how freaking strong you are because life is not actually what's happening. It's how you're responding. And you know that. So we are going to remember this conversation. We are going to remember. I won't forget that we had this conversation and you are stronger than you know, and you know that too. And this part of you that habitually goes into fear and sabotage, we're really probably 90% of what we're doing is we're, we're just seeing if we can let her not drive the bus anymore. So I won't forget we had this conversation and you will be on the hook to respond this way. And that will probably be the hardest thing you do. It won't be the assignments we give you. It's remembering to not react, but to respond instead. Colleen, anything you want to add? It's all so good. I think, again, you'll hear us talk about this lots as we move through the program, but it's not a problem when there's things in our life that aren't going how we want them to go. The problem is how we have an expectation that that shouldn't be so. And then we get ensnarled in this like, meh. I'm upset about this and it must be this and right. And we learn it's a muscle. It's what you're going to learn and develop as we work through these weeks with you of like, Ooh, how can I dance differently with that? It doesn't need to not be there. It's just how you engage with its presence is going to shift. And you actually have that power when we come out of our more automatic response patterns that we don't even realize we are kind of in, you'll realize that it just feels more fun. Like anything that's unexpected can be a gift for us in our life, right? And it's all here for us to just learn how to find the joy and find the gift in anything that is present for us. I love what you just said. I mean, it's a theme that we talk about a lot, but our ego wants certainty, our soul wants adventure. And those are just two diametrically opposed things going on inside of us. And you guys know it, right? 
it's not as fun when you plan every single step of the day, right? It's more fun when it's like, and then out of nowhere, you know, we got this invitation or my daughter found this beautiful, you know, starfish. And then it led to this conversation. And that was the best moment. Cause I didn't know that was planned. Like, of course, like I'm such a control freak that like my husband is like, it's so hard to give to you. Cause you tell me not just where we're going, but how you want me to drive there and which Canyon road to take and where not to go and what song to play. And I'm like, you're right. And he's like, if you want to have a better day, you probably have to set down the control because maybe you'll be surprised because even when you control it and you plan it the best it can, best it can, best it could be, it's nowhere near as fun when somebody just like shows up, right? So it took me, you guys, my husband gave me this ring for our 13th wedding anniversary in December. It took me 13 years to get a ring. Because the first ring, when we got engaged, I was like, I'm in control. I know what I want. I'll go down to get it. In fact, you know what? I want to get it today. I'm going to pay for it. You can pay me back. How not sexy is that? Like, <laughs> he was like, okie doke. Like, <laughs> be in your thing. And it's just like, fun. then he surprised me. And it was the best thing ever because I was finally in a place where I could allow someone to show up for me. And gosh, you guys, we could just sit and have girl talk forever because don't we all relate on some level? But I had to learn in my business right? I've had to learn to allow for myself to not be in control. I wouldn't have Colleen. I wouldn't have Emma. I wouldn't have a team. I wouldn't have clients succeeding if I didn't make sure they knew what was on. What does Patrick Swayze say in Dirty Dancing? Like your dance space, my dance space, right? Like people can't succeed if as a coach, you think that you're their savior. Like, nope. You know what I mean? So I'm better and better and better and better at this in business, but I can always keep growing in my business and in my life and all of the things. So Colleen, I'm actually going to let you begin this curriculum. She and I are on the same page of what we're going over today, and then I will dive in. But I think that a little bit of this curriculum today is important as a compass, as a review. And again, as we point you in the direction of what I think will be most helpful. So I'll let you go ahead and start. Yeah, for sure. So. I think the biggest thing that is important for us all to be aware of is we all have a different journey. We're here to walk in this life. We're all going to come into different experiences, different challenges, but there is no predetermination around who gets to have what, and that desires are only available for a few select people. And this is only accessible in some predetermined way. And sorry, not, not your go around in this lifetime. We have so much agency. We have so much power to create. The challenge is we've just been raised in a society that hasn't taught us how we can actually work with our own energy. We can work with what the life is that we're living to create those shifts and create those changes. And so that's really the heart and basis, because when we can help you come back more into your true nature, which is that joyfulness, that lightness, that playfulness, that creativity it's going to amaze you what's possible. And we're just so conditioned to feeling like it has to be hard all the time, right? And it's supposed to be difficult and it's supposed to be this and that. And we don't even stop to actually question that or realize how much we're in that trance. So a lot of this work is going to be around rebooting that and coming back into a newfound awareness that it actually gets to be easy. It gets to be fun. It gets to be all kinds of things more often than not, okay? So I think when we mostly attempt to reach a goal, right? We often, we say, I have a goal or I have a desire. I have a dream. We think about what do I need to do to get there? That's where most people go. What are the actions I need to take? What are the things I need to do? If I just do this differently, then I'm going to get a different result. If I do this, I do this. And what we want you to start to come into an awareness of is the doing is actually like the final thing before the manifestation And what there is, is like this entire wave that exists before we even get to the action. And when we can start to come into awareness about that, we realize, oh, that's why my willpower runs out. Like, that's why I fall off the wagon with this thing, because you're up against almost like a tsunami without realizing that that's what you're you're up against. And so what we mean by that is your actions that you take, they're determined by who you're being and who you're being, we're referencing the beliefs that you have. Some of them are subconscious. You may not know about them, but the beliefs that you hold, the thoughts that you then wind up thinking because of those beliefs and then how you feel, right? I always say like you can imagine driving down the road and if you're in a really pissy mood and you're feeling like you're late and you're tired and annoyed, 
you may not even notice that there's someone wanting to merge, right? You know, from like a parking lot onto the road. Like you don't even like see it. You don't even like recognize that they're there. But if you're driving down the road, you're playing your favorite music, you know, you're feeling like, can't wait to get home, going to enjoy some yummy pizza tonight. And it's like, oh, you notice there's someone there on the road. You're like, oh, you go ahead, right? Like we experience the world entirely different based on where we are at, right? In our feeling state, it allows us to move through and see through different lenses and experience different things. So we really want you to start learning basically that it's not the question of what do I need to do? It's a question of who am I being and how can I start bringing more awareness to what that current automatic state of being is so that I can start creating some shifts. Yeah. I love listening to you. I get to spend all this time with you and I've heard you say all these things a million times and we finish each other's sentences and it just, it's so good. And I love it. You and I have these conversations all day long and we just keep turning thoughts to things, thoughts to things, thoughts to things. We have the best time ever because this literally is like a white canvas. It's like Harold and the purple crayon, you guys. I'm not joking. You will start to feel it. You will start to see it. We forget because we're not as smart as Einstein. And I actually, maybe I'll take that statement back. I think we actually are probably equipped to be as smart as he is, but his muscle for his tolerance for imagination was just great. Very right. It was significant, but I'll bring him up a lot because again, everybody has different spiritual practices, but science is a great unifier because math is math. Two plus two will always equal four. And so I, I tend to read a lot of Einstein and I love things that have to do with science because to me, they just prove everything that I believe spiritually. And so what will he teach you? The more you learn about science is that this world is made of vibration. This world operates more like an orchestra with instruments than it does anything else. This world is literally frequencies bouncing off of each other. And we are not taught enough about how all of that works, but they're actually finding so much of that now when they go into different trials, clinical trials, they're actually using sound healing and they're seeing that that's actually breaking down cancer cells and they're starting to understand so much about vibration and the Wi-Fi that's around your house. Like we're starting to have all these new understandings about how that's being certain moves and like, yeah, we know certain frequencies change the way feel, which is why they pipe in those fake little bird sounds in Disneyland as you walk around and like, I'm in the best mood. It's like, correct. There's music everywhere. You know, try to watch a movie without music. It's a different scene. I went to Royce Hall and we watched a Grey's Anatomy behind the music. So we would watch a scene with, with music and a scene without it. And like, you guys remember those scenes, right? And Izzy would like, Catherine Heigl would have these like dramatic moments without the music. She looks insane. Like you're just like over actor, crazy, right? With the music, you're like, yes, get it, girl, get it. You know what I mean? And then the Snow Patrol song, we'll do it all, anything. And just like bawling, right? The music is always in there. I just heard Steven Spielberg sitting with the amazing John Williams and talking about how Steven tells these stories with pictures and the music carries them away. And I was bawling because of course I love music, but he said, because it's the energy, it's the swelling of the crescendo that literally delivers the story to you in your chair. Don't think that that music, it's everything. That's why they've worked on every movie together. Isn't that, doesn't that blow your mind that he would say that? Like, I heard him say this and I was like, wow. I mean, Steven Spielberg is like taking a script, shooting it, you know, creating the, the, helping the actors like get their mark. And then he gives all this credit to the music, all this credit. And he goes, cause it's the frequency. It tells you exactly what I want you to get. It moves you exactly into that resonance. And it's just like, yep, yep. He's right. He's right. He's right. It's the melody. Okay, so why do I say all that so emphatically? Because as Colleen said, this world looks like it's physical. So we focus on the action. And there is an element of that action that happens right before the manifestation, right before it. That action, boom, right? For instance, if I want to toast my bread, I need a toaster. I need to physically have an apparatus that will harness this electric current. And then I push a button and I turn it on and I take this bread out of the toaster, right? So there's physical action there. 
But what has to happen is the toaster has to be plugged in. It has to be plugged in to the electricity and then that electricity has to build and build and build and build and build. Boom, I've got toasted bread. But if I just walked around with the action, if I had a vacuum that I didn't plug into the wall, I can move that around the house all day long. There's nothing happening. <laughs> the dust and the dirt just keeps moving around. If I just keep putting toasters and appliances everywhere, but there is no electricity, there's no Wi-Fi, I get nothing. So what people typically do is they say, what do I need to do? Where do I need to go? Tell me the strategy. And it's like, there's a level at which the strategy starts to be the thing that you will assign all of the miracle to. That's what happens right at the end. So what do I mean? I said before that Colleen and I have the best time because all we're really doing all the time is what we all want to be doing, which is we're turning thoughts into things. So let's look at that for a second. There is a level at which there is a consciousness happening and an awareness happening before you even are aware you have the thought, true or not true. There is a moment before you even had the thought and all of a sudden now you have the thought. Well, now you can begin to turn it into something, right? And that thought just starts to get momentum and you start to line up with it. And then you start to be aware of what you want to do. And then you take a little action and then you line up with more thoughts and more thoughts come from over here into your actual awareness, right? Like think about the things you've done in your life, right? In 2003, I moved to LA. Well, there was a moment before I had the thought, I want to move to LA. Well, where was that? It was somewhere. I just hadn't lined up with it yet. It was percolating. It was somewhere in my conscious somewhere, but it got louder and louder until I went, wait, I have this thought. And now I have this thought and it has potency. I want to move there. Right. And then I started to line up with it. And I had more thoughts that were trending and more thoughts that were trending. And next thing I know, I was a full body, like I'm moving there. Now I can go online and find the flight on JetBlue. Now I can reverse engineer. How am I going to pay for that flight? on JetBlue. Now I can show up there and go, where in LA do I want to live? And like line up again with like what really feels right. And like start to pull from over here in my subconscious and in this ether, like, where am I really trending? What really feels good? Boom, take that action. Boom, take that action. So there's just a level at which you haven't even had the thought yet. And what's going to start to happen is you're going to clear out so much static. You're going to clear out so much debris. That you can actually have the thought right? All of the billions ever generated came on the other side of a creative idea, a thought. Kermit was a thought. It turned into a thing. It turned into Sesame Street. It turned into 47,000 Muppet movies and lunchboxes. There was a moment at which Kermit was not a thought yet. So what we are teaching you to do is to allow in even having the thought. Okay. That's number one. And then once you line up with the thought, we're going to show you what action to take. But most people are going to walk around just saying, where's that action? Where's that action? What's that action? What's that thing to do? Tell me what to do. And I'm like, hold up. Wait a second. Where's the thought? Do you have it yet? What is it? What's your alignment? Where are you? So here's the thing. Probably the focus for so many of you is to start to tune your awareness to how much thought is actually coming in. Because when you are in a habitual automatic program of your mind, there's no thought to turn into a thing. Instead, there's all the evidence, all the evidence of why there's shame and self-doubt and the world is limited and scarcity and blah, 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 blah. From that place, we're not going to access the pool of what's in your vortex of what's here for you to throw on the herald and the purple crayon. So we got to tone down. We got to be aware of that rampant scarcity. That's just go, 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 go. And that comes from your amygdala, right? And as long as human beings have walked the face of the earth, that's actually just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And what is it there to do? Well, it thinks it's there to protect you from tigers and things like that. So it got really, 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 really strong. It's too strong. It's kind of like having an engine that's too strong and your kid just learned to drive and you're like, I don't want you in a Maserati. It's too strong of a machine for you. Your amygdala is actually at this point, it's too strong. We don't need it. We need to like turn it down a little bit because it's in like red alert, panic. And it's like, no, that's going to rob you from all the thoughts you want to turn to things because when you're in fight, flight or freeze, 
You cannot be creative. I'll say it again and again and again. But we're so used to tolerating being in fight or flight. You don't even know you're in it. Like, this is just a Tuesday. And I'm like, you're stressed as hell. They're like, shit, she's right. (laughs) So it's like, if you're stressed, if you're that stressed, that we're not going to gain these awarenesses of like, I want to create Kermit. There will be no Kermit. Kermit will not occur to you. Okay. And if you do have the thought, if you have the Kermit thought, but you're still in that practice where you're unaware and you're unconscious of what's going on and on the groundhog day, those scarcity thoughts, as soon as you have the Kermit, let's say you get it, you'll find the evidence again and again. I can never have it. And now I know what I want. So I feel the gap between it. I won't let myself have it. It's like, no, what we're going to start to tune you into is it's all here for you. You're totally supported. This universe is magnificent. You cut your finger, boom, your whole body goes into repair. What did you do to fix it? Nothing. Because it's made to heal itself, right? That's why people in the blue zones, they're not getting these diseases. They're living into their hundreds. Why? Cortisol levels are down. Amygdala is toned down, right? Fight or flight response, toned down. It's just thought, ease, right? That's it. That's it, right? All the hard stuff that we have to face when people get these diagnoses, they come from inflammation. Where does inflammation come from? Cortisol, reactivity. So newsflash, if you haven't already heard me say it enough, like this class will not just help your life, it'll help your health, your vitality, okay? You're clocking way too many miles on that body from the amount of panic. Like those resistant thoughts, they don't stay in your head. They move into your cellular body. We gotta shut it off anyway right? Some point or another, you may as well shut it off now, right? People wait till, you know, scary things happen. It's like, let's get ahead of that. Let's get ahead of that. Okay. So that's what Colleen is saying when it's like, yes, we live in this world on one level where we operate from a 3d action oriented perspective. The action is the last thing before the manifestation, right? What happens first? You see the house in your mind. You feel how you want it to feel. You feel this, like, I want wooded, I want like shabby chic. You have this right experience. And then you start to put all the actual pieces in play. You hire a contractor. And right before you see it made manifest, all this physicality comes together, but it was all designed by a vision and an intention. You know, Colleen and I just led this peer led mastermind for a bunch of girls who are friends of ours. We're all having lots of success and wanting to grow further. And one of them called me today and she said, every detail, you had every detail locked and loaded. Like even the women who you hire to be the chef, like the food was intentional. The space, the way you opened and closed the windows, the fireplace, turned it on and off, the blankets you put everywhere, like every, and I was like, you got it. That was all from alignment, right? I can't just action that. The action just looks like what's in control. That's right before the manifestation. Colleen, anything else you want to say before we go further? Yeah, I guess just this reminder that when we say it's all available right now, kind of think of it like television channels. You know what I mean? You can go watch CNN right now. You can go watch the Game Show Network. You can go watch HTV. You can go watch History Channel. Like there's an infinite number of channels available. And that's like all of us. We have all of these different versions of our lives we can be tuning into. And so it's not like, Something is like way out in the distant future for it ever to be possible to happen to me, right? Like, it's like, oh my God, it's going to take so much time. It's going to be like five years before I could call that in. No, it's like a flick of the, you know, remote control to move it to the different channel, to the different channel. And that's what we're here to help you realize is it's, it's the frequency, right? The action is like a slower moving kind of 3D construct. It's like the more physical, tangible manifestation of the energy, but the energy is the energy is the energy. And when we learn to start changing that frequency, it changes the channel that we're on. So if you want to watch a different movie playing back to you in your life, we need to change the channel, right? And so it's really the heart of what we're helping you do is realize, ooh, how do I go about doing that so that I can pick a different version of what it is I want to be experiencing? Yeah. And we're all actually not living in the same reality because we're all seeing based on what we're willing to see right? So Colleen and I can have the same lunch sitting in the same restaurant and she's perceiving and feeling and experiencing. It's like she's swiped on a different board game. So there's a level at which they converge, but there's a level at which it's really different. And what we're going to do is we'll be two people who are offering hopefully a wider 
view, right, of how much more is here with ease and allowing. And then you'll start to feel how much you can see, right? And Moana can see what's over that horizon. The people on her island couldn't see that, right? But she could see further. And so, yes, it seems as though it's many hours away or it's many concrete steps away. And really and truly, it's changing the energetic. And as you do that, something different comes back and you go, whoa, I just felt and saw how this is actually right here. I can set down my belief in how hard this has to be. Part of it is we are married to the idea that success is hard earned and that it has to feel like we literally require almost this level of hard to even give ourselves a little payoff. And so we set it up to be that way rather than saying, if thoughts become things, I would love to see how can this be done with the most fun? How could I build a business and how could I allow wealth into my life? And how could I allow purpose into my life with the most ease and wonder? Ooh, that's a great question because all of a sudden you're going to get evidence that shows you how to do it that way, right? Colleen was saying to me at the mastermind, she's like, we were talking about the way I'm using my time. And she's like, well, you know, you, you podcast like 90% of your week. And I was like, not getting it until I realized, well, because I work a 20 hour work week within the 20 hours, that's what she meant. And it's like, I realized as we were talking, like I have set up my life in a way where I'm able to make millions of dollars and do something I absolutely love. And I don't have to sit at my computer and work for 40 hours because who said so? It's kind of like Roger Bannister winning the four minute mile and cutting it down and getting under four minutes. People were like, you can't do that. And he was like, or I can like, maybe you're just working harder instead of smarter. So we want to show you how to work smarter, which has to do with resonance. Because when people meet you, a client, a customer, someone who sees a YouTube, someone, boom, what do they feel? Ugh, resonance. So if the resonance is there, things move way faster. You know what I'm saying? So I want to do a little meditation with you guys. And part of what we'll do throughout this process is we'll do a little bit of meditation. We'll do a little bit of mindfulness. So take a second, close your eyes. And I just, first, I just want you to come into this present moment just for a moment. So let's use some basic mindfulness practice. Let's just notice your sit bones. That's a good way to kind of ground yourself because our mind is everywhere but the present most of the time. So just feel, what do you feel more, your right sit bone or your left sit bone, just as you're sitting on the couch or the chair or the floor. Now see if you can put your weight equally into both of your sit bones. And just allow the chair or the wherever you're sitting, just allow it to hold you. Just allow yourself to feel supported. And just drop in, right? Mother Earth has got you. You're good. And now from this place of being centered, we're just going to play with a little visualization technique. And I just want you to call upon this part of you, this highest self that has been feeling this little whisper that has this sense that there's a future you're ready to step into. I want you to just see a little image of the, your future self sitting on a bench somewhere, just sitting with a friend. And you could be sitting near the ocean. You could be sitting in Central Park. You could be sitting on your back porch. I just want you to be sitting somewhere outside. And it's just the most beautiful, crisp, gorgeous day. And I want you to just see yourself just with this level of ease, this level of presence, this level of alignment, and just feel how good that feels to witness yourself just in alignment, not holding more than what's yours to hold. Just this feeling of everything around me is supporting me. There's clues everywhere. There's very little I have to do. It's so much more about what I am. And this ease and this simplicity and this power, this fierceness in the letting go and in the showing up more from within and just notice yourself. 
just so in your resonance. Just feel that part of you just showing you the door to how you can feel every day. This ease, the pleasure, the well-being of your soul, just so enthralled with this world, just so at ease and at peace. Just feel into that. Okay, now you can open your eyes. Isn't that amazing? You can literally feel that there is a part of you that knows exactly what to do and knows how little you need to do. There's a part of you that has such grace, like such awareness and such a way of being with this life that feels so good. That is your daily assignment. Every day, I want you to call that part of you in because you're going to start to memorize how that feels. Because that's the part of you that's not reactive because it's responsive. The part of us that's responding instead of reacting is responsible. And that part of us is not overwhelmed. That part of us knows on some level that we chose to come into this 3D experience and is always willing and able to find this place that doesn't wobble. This place that is just really and truly at peace with this experience and alive and curious and has this inner guidance system. And that's the part of you that has always carried you here, that always knows. And we just need to let her drive the car, like let her be the one to point you. And you'll start to realize that you overfunction, right? You overdo, and then you can't see. There's too much static. You're not getting the vision. You're not hearing the thought that you're ready to turn into a thing because you're carrying so much weight for so many people. And that's a part of you that's reacting and that's a part of you that's surviving and then there's this other part of you who's like i'm ready to thrive i'm good let's freaking go wheels up we got this right she's in harmony with the music she's in harmony with the orchestra she loves the part she plays she's okay with being the cello and not the bass she's good with being the triangle she loves the sound of that little bell and she just wants to play it And she knows there's nothing else the triangle has to do. It doesn't have to also be the drums. It doesn't have to keep time for everyone. It just does what it does and everything else will find its place. So this is really part of the work. And from that place, you'll be amazed at how much of a capacity you have to show up, have a point of view. You have a capacity to iterate on projects. You have a capacity to get paid. You have a capacity to know how loving it is to let people pay and let them find their alignment and not hold what's not theirs and not be overly responsible. It's pretty beautiful. Okay. Well, I hope that that gave you some insight or reminded you of something that you needed to hear today. Here are the takeaways. Number one, read more fairy tales. See further than what you're perceiving in this moment. Ask the question that no one's even asking. You'll realize maybe it's so much bigger and so much more beautiful. Number two, stop looking at other people's piles of things and wondering why their outcome is different. Get out there because it's none of your business. Number three, you have to start trending positive and start looking at your output. Measure that progress based on where you are right now. Number four, you will only get what you're willing to allow in. Number five, there really are no dragons. Fear is just an illusion. Number six, all of the billions ever generated came on the other side of a creative thought, a creative idea. Number seven, when you start asking yourself, how can this be done with the utmost fun? How can I build a business and allow wealth and purpose into my life with the most ease and wonder? All of a sudden, you're going to get the evidence that will show you how to do it that way. And number eight, there's a part of you that knows exactly what to do and knows how little you need to do. There's a part of you that has so much grace, so much awareness, and such a way of being that feels so good. That is your daily assignment every day to call that part of you in. 
Thank you so much for listening. I'm so grateful that we continue to have this time together and thank you for being here and spending your valuable time with me. There are so many good episodes that are coming up. So please make sure that you follow us on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, wherever you're listening so that you don't miss out. And if you're a fan of what we do, please leave us a review. It means so much and it helps us to really grow in ways that you probably wouldn't even be able to fathom. So leave us a review. And if you can think of one person who could benefit from hearing this podcast, maybe post about it on your Instagram and tag me, or you can share the link with someone over text or email because maybe this will help, right? Maybe this will actually help. And finally, there's a few spots left for the retreat, June 25th through the 27th. You can sign up at kathyheller.com slash retreat if you'd like to meditate with me and be a part of our yoga sessions, Reiki sessions, hypnosis, and all the ways that we will manifest together and design the life of our dreams. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song of mine. Have a great weekend. If dreams are made of paper, let's make paper mache. We'll build a world together with our hands. And if hope is made of helium, we'll be like balloons and float away. Wouldn't that be grand? Nothing lasts forever, so we're all a little scared. But we're not giving up that easy, no, we wouldn't dare. Hey, hey, Mr. Sun, don't you start tonight. Please don't let the day be done